Jesus is saying, I'm the creator of the universe. Stop limiting me. I, you're making your problems bigger than me. I'm God. I can do anything. Hey friends, you're listening to the Victor Marks podcast with Victor Marks, founder of All Things Possible Ministries. Welcome to the show where we bring you real conversations facing life's hard truths, stories of redemption, and the latest from the front lines. Whether you're on the road, getting your day started, or finally settling in, we've got an exciting new episode planned for you. So let's dive into today's show. In part two of our continued live message, Stop Worrying, through stories of stepping out beyond fear and doubt to share the gospel and revelations from John chapter five, Victor talks about how all of us have the tendency to make excuses when God desires to do great things in and through us and challenges us to have faith that God is bigger than our problems, that our God operates without limits. We need only to believe. Do you believe it? Here is Victor Marks with the rest of this week's message. And people said, now, man, how do you really know this is what God called you to do? Let me tell you what. The signet ring of God putting it in the wax for my wife and I, that this was our calling in our ministry, was three months earlier. We're living here in Colorado Springs. We go out on a date night. Date nights are good. Yes. Wives? Yeah. <laughs> Look at the men. Ha. <laughs> You had us into that, funny man. I'm not trying to throw you on the bus. Maybe some of you need to remember, date your wives. It's good. Date her. Hold her hand. Hold her hand. That's romantic. I love holding my wife's hand. And still in a kiss every now and then. More now and then. So listen, I'm out there. We're driving away from the mall. It was a cheap date, sorry. Ministry. And we stopped at a red light and a car load of kids pulled up next to us. And I'm like, and they were gangbangers. This is three months before I went into that facility, right? And they got music blaring. And it was, <laughs> it's the type where you just look forward. Ten and two, praise the Lord, turn our Christian music up. <laughs> and uh, I really thought I sensed this voice say, share me with them. And I rebuked that voice right there. I was like, no, 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 uh-uh. And the Holy Spirit's like, you know that's me. Come on, share me with them. I was like, I thought, well, roll down your window. We'll turn the Christian music louder. Try to get it over there. Get some Chris Tomlin their way, Lord. Just if I need to relate, put Lecrae in there. Just get him, Lecrae. Get him, get him, boy. <laughs> and I said, no. You just saw. I was like, ah. And I told my wife, I said, honey, I think the Lord wants me to share you know, him with them. And my wife, I said, she's a godly woman. She says, well, then do it. She rolls down the window. Then grab her seat. That's just how it happened. Now, what was so cute about it is she was pregnant with our little girl who's here on the front row. And she was uh, she was pretty big belly at that point. And I, so I bumped the horn. The guy turns the music down, looks at me, I said, Pull over. I want to talk to you. <laughs> he looks at me like, crazy old man. Turns the music up. And then I was like, Lord, your servant was willing. Bless me. <laughs> oh, okay, so. 
Holy Spirit, you do better than that. I was like, oh, and I look, and in the back seat, one of the kids, he's pulled out a knife, a big Bellasong knife. And I was like, he's a brother's back end? Mm. Lord said, you know what to do, because I used to be naughty as a young man. So I said, all right. I bumped on again, a little bit angrier. The guy looked, he said, what? I said, pull over, I want to talk to y'all. He says, I ain't pulling over. I went, you afraid of an old man? What do you think they did? And of course, I'm pulled up behind him on my minivan. Man, I, that thing was factory. I didn't have rims or nothing. I, factory tent, that's all I had. I was like, honey, I called. Come on, just. No, we pulled up behind him. I got out. They got out. And they come at me in the parking lot. I was like, oh, shoot, Lord. Give me something now. It's going to be a laying on a hand still. And I remember the knife, so I just said, hey, stop. I said, I saw you had a knife in the back seat. And they all kind of stopped. He goes, well, you a cop man? And I was thinking, Lord, how can I say yes and not lie? <laughs> I thought back in third grade, I was, you know, I had a crosswalk guard, uh, the little... Now, that wouldn't work. I said, no, man, I ain't a cop. But I tell you what, I'm a master of martial arts. I think that freaked him out more. He was like, you crazy. I said, no, no. I said, uh, actually, I've trained over 30 world champions. I've worked with SEAL team operators, Delta Force, Force Recon, CIA. I said, one of the national champions right now is one of my black belts in fighting. I said, I want to show you how to open and close that knife the right way. And he was like, you crazy, man. I said, go get it. And there was a few of them, so he walks over, over the back seat, reaches in the seat, come back with his attitude, dug in, and he's like, like, show me what you got. I took it, I did a little demo toilet, and then stuck him in his neck. Bam! Now what? <laughs> That's a joke. You don't, you don't stab people in the neck when you want to share the Lord with them. It's, <laughs> it hurts the whole process. I don't know why I tell that, but it's funny. So I just said, hey, man, the real reason I, I they, they were impressed with the demo. I use the martial arts as a hook. To me, I ain't no more than a monkey with symbols. <laughs> but the kids love it. The kids love it. The, the Gundam song right now, uh, the record that I hold is for a guy holding a pistol to my head with a hammer back, finger on the trigger. He puts it to my head with my hands down. I can disarm him, take the magazine out, and point it back in eight tenths of a second. Don't ask me how. And I ain't on no crack pipe, okay? I just do it. But God's giving me a gift like that. I can hit a person eight times in one second. Yeah, and the kids in prison are like, no, nah, you're not crazy. I said, come on up. And then they're like, praise the Lord. But that's why our YouTube channel got all them hits. People come there, they look at the martial arts, and they go to my testimony. They go to the film. Well, you guys, what was amazing about those kids is right there and then, I asked them, I said, hey, let me tell you about Christ. When I did, three of them let me pray for them right there. And, and then out of nowhere, out of nowhere, and we're, I mean, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is wonderful. My wife's, out of nowhere, they had a friend come off the street, saw us come off the street, and starts cussing me. And starts cussing God in the Bible. I mean, he was violent. And he come at me so fast that they had to grab him. They were like, hey, yo, yo, this dude's okay. 
was like, yeah, listen to them. This dude's okay. Man, and he just, oh, he had so much hate and anger in him. He said, don't you tell me about God. If God was, he wouldn't allow this. Said, God, you can't. I said, hey, but let me just tell you this. I understand your pain. You don't understand my, you don't want to. Yeah, I do. Trust me, I do. I said, one thing I will tell you, the way you feel doesn't change the truth. But God loves you. And he stomped off. You know what? Many of you need to remember that. Because you've let, I like how my little Cajun mama says. One time I was scrolling out. She said, baby, you got to remember truth over facts. You got to believe the truth over the facts. That's strong for a little Cajun woman. And she got good hook punch. That's a whole different story. We left that night and we were impacted. We prayed for him when we thought about him. Now, fast forward three months. I go into that juvenile facility, 75 kids, told him Chuck, hit Pordell, blood. Eh. Guess who had been arrested and was put in there? That kid. Because he had big hair. I never figured his hair. He was in the very back. And guess what? When I asked them to respond to Christ and stand, guess who stood up? That kid. And y'all know what? Uh, we were handing out Bibles and that day, and sometimes they want you to write something in it. And when I got back to him, he's looking down. He said, hey, you saw my Bible? I said, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I said, hey, you remember me? He goes, yeah. <laughs> I said, I remember you. Now look at you. You in jail. You in jail. <laughs> no, I didn't do that. <laughs> I said, buddy, can I just ask you a question, man? Why today? Why today did you give your life to Christ? Because it always interests me. When somebody makes a commitment to surrender their life to Christ, I like to know, why? Why today? What is the... And i never forget what he told me. He looked at me, and I think he was about 16, but he looked at me like a man. He said, mister, you said if we'd surrender our life to Jesus, he'd live his life through us. He said, I'm tired of living my life for myself. I said, whoa, I got to tell some people in church about that. Because <laughs> sometimes we forget, don't we? Sometimes we forget. Sometimes we make excuses. Look at this verse real quick in John chapter 5. John chapter 5. Not the book of Pearl. The Holy Bible. The sacred text. Inspired by God Almighty. True in every word. John chapter 5. This is when Jesus heals a lame man by the pool. Let me read it to you real quick. John chapter 5. Afterwards, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. And inside the city, near the sheep gate, was the pool of Bethsaida, with five covered porches, with crowds of sick people. I mean, they were blind, lame, paralyzed. They lay on the porches. And one of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him and knew how long he had been ill, Jesus asked him, would you like to get well? Pause. Do you find that odd? That God Almighty, Jesus, would look at a man knowing he's been ill, paralyzed for 38 years, and ask him, 
Hey, buddy, you want to be well? When I read texts like that, I just kind of visualize the whole situation. And I think, that's a weird question. Isn't it obvious? But the guy's response showed that Jesus knows the heart of every man and woman. Jesus asked him, would you like to get well? And he said, I can't, sir. I can't. He didn't say yes. He didn't say no. He said, I can't. I didn't, I didn't ask you if you could. I said, would you like to be well? And then he goes on to say, for his excuse, the sick man said, I have no one to help me get into the pool when the water is stirred by the angel. An angel would come down and stir the water. While I'm trying to get there, someone else always gets in ahead of me. Whiner. I'm not taking away from this guy's pain, but I'm saying, doesn't it sound like he's making up a good excuse? Some of us have challenges in our life, and, and instead of letting God redeem it for good or heal us or turn it for good, we just kind of, I can't. Poor me. I mean, when he said, I can't, he's really looking at Jesus saying, Don't you see me? Look at my legs. They don't work. That's how I used to be. When Jesus would say, Victor, do you want to be well? I can't, Lord. My mind don't work well. You know what the doctor said? My mind will never work. Don't you know, Lord? 42 visits to a psychiatrist in a year. Lord, don't you know the meds I've been on? Ah, Lord, two months has happened. Don't you want to replace that hate you have with love? I, I can't, Lord. Don't you know what happened to me? Remember when my dad rejected me as his child when my mom was pregnant? And he said, that ain't my kid. Lord, don't you remember 1970, Mendenhall, Mississippi, when the child molester caught me, assaulted me, and tried to kill me by locking me in the cooler? Don't you remember? I just can't snap back. Don't you remember my mom marrying six people and I went to 14 schools and 17 houses? Don't you remember, Lord, how I started getting high in the sixth grade and drinking? How I've learned to cope and communicate through violence? So if somebody says something wrong and I get afraid, I hit them because I'm too afraid to wait to get hit? Lord, I... I'll never have a great marriage because all my family have been divorced and cheating. Don't you remember, Dad? My dad was, he was a pimp. He was a practicing warlock. Lord, you know my history. You remember my grandfather? He died in a mental hospital. Remember me? 123 visits and trauma specialist in nine months. They've given me the labels. Don't you remember my grandfather who shot his wife in public and killed himself? Don't you remember when I joined the Marine Corps and they gave me that M16? All I want to do is kill people. I can't change, Lord, but I'll settle for what I got. And Jesus says, 
Because with me, all things are possible. I created you. I know every molecule in your body. Is that right, honey? Molecule? Is an atom? Neutrons? Proteins? <laughs> Look what Jesus said to this guy. Didn't even listen to him. He just said, Stand up, pick up your sleeping mat, and walk. What did Jesus mean? If you break this down in the original Greek, it says to stand up, pick up your sleep, your sleeping mat, and walk! Exclamation point. Jesus is saying, I'm the creator of the universe. Stop limiting me. I, you're making your problems bigger than me. I'm God. I can do anything. But God, you can't get me a man, says the single woman. Because I need me a man. (laughs) You know who you are. (laughs) You see that? Every new guy that comes in, you're scanning. Like the six million dollar woman. Hmm, maybe. Jesus can. Let me hurry and land this real quick. Good friend of mine, couldn't get a woman. High school, suffered. Couldn't even get a date because he didn't have any arms. As a matter of fact, he didn't have any legs. Some of you may know him. Nick Vavucic. He's a good buddy. I was honored when he dedicated a chapter of his New York Times bestseller to my story in his book. But you know what? If he would have limited himself and lived to his labels and what the enemy had told him and what people picked on him about, he would have never moved forward. Never would do. And at one point, he just stopped whining, stopped complaining, stopped worrying, and said, I'm going to focus on what I do have. God's given me a great mind. He's given me a good tongue. I know how to communicate. He's given me a sense of humor. He's given me a desire for adventure to live. And I'm going to do it regardless of woman or not. I'm going for it. I'll find my contentment in him. And you know what? Nick's crazy. Okay, I'm not going to kid you. This guy, nothing stops him. He can drive a boat, surf, ski. He can swim for cornflakes. No arms and no legs. Well, he got a little rooter deal. (laughs) This guy's unbelievable. He's even skydived. When they made a special uniform, the the guy who developed tandem jumping actually made a harness for him because got to be, you know, nothing to hold on to. And uh, they were testing it right on the field before he went up, and they're cinching it down, and the guy wants to make sure he ain't going to fall out because that would be bad for business. And he's... uh, he says, uh, and he's really sensing. He goes, is that too tight? <laughs> he goes, yes, it, ah, it's too tight. He goes, I can't feel my hands. <laughs> the guy's all, oh, I'll lo- lo- oh, you. He, he doesn't have, he doesn't, does he, he knows. He knows. <laughs> Nick's so crazy and full of joy. He traveled to 20-something countries. 
I think last year, and you know, you get enough plane rides, you get so bored uh, of travel. And uh, his travel assistant, they went in first. They let him go in first because he doesn't have any arms and legs. And they get him in. I can pick on him. He loves it. He's crazy. He told his friend, he said, they were the only ones on the plane. He goes, hey. He said, come here. He said, put me in an overhead band. <laughs> his friend goes, no, Nick. I'm not going to put you in an overhead bend. No. He goes, you work for me, please. Put me in a... And then he goes, okay, record it. Record it. Back up and record it. And the guy... And sure, you know, and sure enough, you know, business class man, travel pro, I'm important, comes in with his little... And he opens the thing, he looks and he sees Nick and Nick goes, ah! He goes, ah! <laughs> Nick stopped making excuses. He's one of the most sought after inspirational speakers in the world. For corporate, you can't get him on the platform for less than 50000 not bad from Mugambi. And one event he was speaking, and he called the eye of a girl who he thought was looking at him. They've been married about a year and a half now. Beautiful gal. She's half Japanese, half Mexican. So she's like Mechanese or something like that. <laughs> and they have the most beautiful baby boy you've ever seen. Oh, amazing what God has done. What can he not do in your life? What is the lie of the enemy telling you? Last thing for today. I hope this makes a point. Some of you are very stuck because of bitterness and hatred toward people who've done you wrong. And you've dedicated your life, not about worrying, not about complaining, but about revenge. You need to let it go. You need to use the weapon of forgiveness. And all that anger and stuff, let it be used for God's glory. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can check out more of the work we're doing around the world at victormarks.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. We're always encouraged to hear from you. Thanks for spending your time with us. Until next time.